Howdy, and welcome to another episode of Wise About Texas. This is your host, Ken Wise. I want to thank you for tuning in for some Texas history today. Before we get started, I want to mention and thank my friend, Dr. Greg Jackson. Dr. Jackson hosts a great history podcast called History That Doesn't Suck. He's a professor of history at Utah Valley University, and we share the philosophy of taking sound research and telling the stories of history and hopefully interesting ways. And I know Dr. Jackson accomplishes that with his podcast. He's covering the Texas Revolution right now, and he asked me to consult with him on it, which I did. It's out there now and really gives some good perspective on the period immediately before the actual revolution, which is important to understanding the Texas Revolution. So check out the podcast, History That Doesn't Suck. I also want to thank my good friend, Justice Jeff Brown of the Texas Supreme Court, for writing a profile wise about Texas for the Houston Bar Journal. You get the Houston Bar Journal if you're a member of the Houston Bar Association, uh, or you can go to their website, hba.org. I appreciate it, Justice Brown. Well, this episode is being released right before Christmas 2018, so yes, it's a Christmas episode, sort of. Except it's not really a particularly happy story. This is not a Hallmark Christmas episode. In fact, the more I think about it, it's actually pretty sad. There are no reindeer, no North Pole, no presents under the tree, but there is a Santa Claus. In Cisco, Texas, 1927, there was most definitely a Santa Claus. So let's go back to 1927 and get wise about Texas. The date is December 23rd, 1927 in the town of Cisco, Eastland County, Texas, two days before Christmas. You can imagine the folks running around town, finishing up their Christmas shopping, visiting friends and family, excited for the next couple of days. Cisco was founded in the late 1800s, and it grew rapidly thanks to the railroads. And in the early 20s, the population was over 10,000 people, which was a big town for the area. Later, the Mobley Hotel would actually be the first hotel owned by Conrad Hilton. So Cisco had a big impact on the hospitality industry. Well, December 23rd, 1927, everyone's going about their Christmas business when what to their wandering eyes did appear but Santa Claus walking down Cisco's main street. He was heading toward the First National Bank. Now along the way, little kids ran up to Santa, as you might imagine, and this Santa Claus willingly engaged with them. He patted them on the head, he asked them what they wanted for Christmas, and Christmas cheer abounded as Santa walked up to the door of the bank and looking surreptitiously both left and right, entered. The kids followed him in. Well, a cheerful cashier was there, and her Christmas spirit no doubt was buoyed that day by the appearance of Santa Claus. She said, hello, Santa, but Santa didn't respond. Instead, a man entered the bank behind Father Christmas and pulled a gun, yelling for everyone to get their hands up. Two more armed men entered the bank behind that first thief. Or was that the first thief? Because at this point, Santa Claus busted through the door to the cashier's cage opened one of the bottom drawers, and took out a pistol that had been placed there. Now Santa Claus had a gun. Santa got in the safe, and he took out his sack. Instead of toys, he filled it with cash and bearer bonds. But when Santa wasn't looking, a woman who had just walked into the bank with her child 
slipped out of a side door and raised the alarm. Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly believe in Santa Claus. This was most definitely not Santa Claus. It was actually Marshall Ratliff. Ratliff had been in prison for robbing a bank in Valera, Texas, just southwest of Coleman. He had been pardoned after serving only a year of his sentence, pardoned by Governor Ma Ferguson, which is a whole other story for the Fergusons and their pardons. Anyway, he recruited Henry Helms and Robert Hill, both ex-cons, and he also recruited a guy named Louis Davis. They spent the night as a gang in Wichita Falls before the robbery. Ratliff came up with the brilliant idea of dressing up as Santa Claus. He borrowed the suit from the boarding house where they had stayed, or maybe he stole it, I don't know, but they definitely stole a car, and they headed for Cisco. Back in Cisco, hearing the alarm, Police Chief G.E. Bit Bedford and one of his men, George Carmichael, grabbed their guns and ran toward the bank. They set up on the bank and blocked two alleys. One ran down the side of the bank and opened on the main street, and one behind the bank so that they could cover all the exits. In the bank, Santa Claus fired a shot through the front window. Probably, it turns out, to a signal to the fourth gang member. Well, both cops opened fire at the side door of the bank, and one of the men, a man who had two guns, either Helms or Hill, f- started firing at both officers, and the shootout was on. Well, a getaway car was now in the alley. The robbers grabbed two little girls, Laverne Comer and Emma Mae Robertson. They pushed the people in the bank out into the alley in front of them. Dragging their hostages, the gunfire rained all around them, over 200 shots into the bank building. The robbers ran to the car, and it sped out onto Main Street. In, the, in that first exchange of gunfire, it was hard to tell who had been hit. A bank cashier got hit in the jaw, and unfortunately, so did both police officers, Carmichael and Chief Bedford. But the cops had managed to do some damage themselves. They hit the, one of the tires on the getaway car. It turns out they'd also hit a couple of the bandits. They just didn't know it. The robbers had grabbed money, hostages, and they sped out on their car with a flat tire and tried to swap it for another one and steal another car. This car, however, on the outskirts of town, was driven by a 14-year-old boy named Woodrow Wilson Harris. Harris had the presence of mind to give the robbers the car, but he didn't give them the key. He took that with him as he ran away from the armed men so they couldn't start this new stolen car. Well, it turns out that the two policemen were actually very seriously wounded and that a total of six citizens had been hit in that melee. The townspeople rushed to the hardware store for the guns and the chase was on. The bandit Davis, one of the bandits hit in the gunfire, was now unconscious from his wound. It turns out that both Ratliff, Santa Claus, as well as Hill had both been wounded. When they figured out young Wilson had took the or young Harris had took the key, they left Davis in the car that they couldn't start. They jumped back into the original car with the flat tire and they sped off. Unfortunately for the robbers, they forgot one important thing back in that car, and that was the money. The money was returned to the bank, but the chase for the robbers continued. The three remaining bandits abandoned the flat tire car and they left the two little girls, their hostages, in the car unharmed. They ran away on foot. They managed to steal another car the following day, but they wrecked that one. Then they stole a car from a young driller working in the area named Wiley. Eventually, they let Wiley go, and they returned to Cisco, if you can believe it, where they stole another car. 
By this time, it's Christmas Day, and Ratliff and Hill's wounds are causing him some serious problems. The weather was sleet and ice, as it will be from time to time in that area of Texas. The robbers had had nothing to eat, and as they continued toward the Brazos, they ran into Sheriff Foster from Young County, along with a posse. They were blocking the road. The bandits put this car in reverse, and another chase began. The bandits eventually fled into an oil field, got out of the car, and tried to run. What they didn't know was one of the pursuers was Texas Ranger Cy Bradford. Bradford was a ranger who had worked in the coal fields in Strawn and the oil fields in Ranger, both very violent situations tamed by the Texas Rangers. Bradford's car had barely rolled to a stop before he was out with a double-barrel shotgun firing at the fleeing bandits. Ratliff fell. Bradford hit Helms and Hill also, but they managed to make it to some woods. In the meantime, a young ranger sergeant named Manuel Gonzalez was overhead in a plane searching for the bandits without success. Gonzalez would go on to be known by his nickname, Lone Wolf. Well, Bradford and the posse had captured Santa Claus. It turns out Santa Claus had six pistols on him. Helms and Hill made it to Graham, Texas, but starving, wounded, and exhausted, they were arrested without a fight on December 30th, seven days after robbing the bank. Finally, one of the most intense, exciting manhunts in Texas history was over. The aftermath was not pretty. Chief Bedford, unfortunately, had died fairly quickly from his wounds. Carmichael hung on for a few days, but he eventually passed away as well. The total wounded in this adventure were eight people, not counting the bandits. Hill was charged with armed robbery, and he took the stand in the punishment. In his own defense, he begged for mercy. He got 99 years in prison. He later escaped from prison three times, but was caught each time. I guess he never could quite figure out how to get away. He was finally paroled in the 40s and lived out his days under a changed name. Helms was ID'd as the one who had been holding two guns in the initial gunfight and had killed Bradford and Carmichael. He claimed insanity, but he was sentenced to death for capital murder. He was executed in the electric chair September 1929. Things were more complicated for Santa Claus, Marshal Ratliff. Ratliff was convicted of armed robbery initially and sentenced to 99 years in prison. Later, he was tried for his role in the murders of the lawmen, and he was sentenced to death for that. On death row, he would have stood as Helms walked past his cell on his way to the death chamber. Ratliff thought that might be a good time to start acting insane. He was so convincing his mother even sought a hearing on whether he should be spared the electric chair because of insanity. Well, that didn't sit well with the citizens of Cisco, as you might expect. The judge issued a bench warrant to have Ratliff return to Eastland County and stand trial for stealing one of the cars that had been used during the robbery. Well, Ratliff's Insanity Act was convincing, even in the Eastland County Jail. He managed to convince his jailers that he was not only crazy but probably paralyzed, forcing his jailers to help him with every daily need, feeding, bathing, and other things. But you know, a man willing to dress up like Santa Claus to rob a bank is likely to be a fraud. Well, one day, he pounced on his jailers and attempted to escape. 
In that fight, he actually killed one of them, Tom Jones, with a pistol he managed to get a hold of. The other jailer fought Ratliff hand-to-hand and finally, luckily, managed to knock him out. Well, the next morning, a crowd began to gather around the Eastland County Courthouse. They demanded that the sheriff hand over the bank robber. The sheriff refused. The mob finally overpowered him and dragged Ratliff out of the jail. They bound him hand and foot, and they strung him up on a nearby power pole, but the knot came undone. Well, the second time it didn't, and they managed to hang him, November 19th, 1929. A grand jury convened, but nobody was ever prosecuted for the lynching. In fact, the Santa Claus bandit's body was displayed at a local furniture store for a day before the local judge shut it all down and had the body impounded. Ratliff's funeral was held in Fort Worth a few days later. There were rumors that Hill was there, perhaps the day before to see the body of his fallen gang member, perhaps at the funeral. We'll never know. What we do know is the day of the funeral, a local business in Fort Worth hired a band to parade past the funeral home carrying a figure of, you guessed it, Santa Claus. So that's the story of one of the most infamous robberies in Texas history. Now, I know that's not the hallmark moment you might expect at Christmas, but I think there is a Christmas message in all this, and that Christmas message is, you do not mock Santa Claus. I'd say Marshall Ratliff was definitely on the naughty list. Well, now we come to the part of the show I call Getting There, where I tell you how to see some of the places that I talked about. The bank that was robbed by Santa Claus, is the building is still standing. It's located at 708 Conrad Hilton Boulevard in Cisco, Texas. There's a plaque on the wall of the building where the robbery occurred. Uh, the site where Ratliff was hanged uh, is referred to as the last mob lynching in Texas. That site is 190 North Mulberry Street, Eastland, Texas, and there's a marker at the site where it occurred. And you can actually see the rope they used to lynch Marshall Ratliff, the Santa Claus bandit. You can see it at the Eastland County Law Enforcement Museum. Now it's in the old Eastland Jail, which is at 210 West White Street in Eastland, Texas. And I believe that you have to make an appointment through the Sheriff's Office uh, to see the museum, but in the museum, you will see the rope. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of Wise About Texas. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on Facebook, like and share the Wise About Texas Facebook page. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Wise About Texas. I hope everyone uh, in this Days Before Christmas 2018, I wish all listeners a Merry Christmas. I hope you're enjoying some time with your family. That's what it's all about. And go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas and we'll see you down the road.